You're listening to the New Mamas Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the pod. I'm excited to welcome Shalina Brown to the podcast today to talk about how life is not happening to you, but for you. I know a lot of us lose ourselves in motherhood, so this will be an excellent discussion to come back to ourselves. Shalina is a retired Superior Court judge, two-time TEDx speaker, and an author. She has a highly anticipated book coming out, Preside, that encourages readers to take the helm of their lives with purpose and passion. Mamas, I know we could all use a little bit of that. Shalina, welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Good morning. And you're talking to us from San Jose, California, right? West Coast girly. West Coast girl. I love it. Thank you for joining us this morning. I'm excited to be here. So I want to start and obviously we'll get into your career path and how you came to where you are today. But I figured we'd start with in your TED talk, you talk about how as kids, we thought we could do anything, right? And it's like, and you give the example of how like, has anyone tied a cape around themselves and jumped off the furniture? Because we really felt like we were limitless and boundless. Yes. The next thought that came to mind, like now as a mom is like, I'm seeing that in my three and a half year old, like he really feels like he can go into space and like a black hole and like do anything. And then when it kind of made me sad, because I was thinking, when do you think that narrative changes? Like, when do we start to have doubt in our lives? Like, what what do you think changes? I think that as we get older and we encounter other people, especially older people, we start taking from them the idea that, no, you can't do that. You can only do this because in society, we only do this. And so we start listening to those things when we're young and then we get to high school and college and we start thinking that it's true. We can't do some things. So we go from limitless to I am totally limited here. From limitless to limited. And did you find that in your own life? Like you talked about wanting to be a lawyer since you were a little girl. Like, how did you hold on to that dream? Man, that's my favorite story because when I was in high school, I was a really good student and I went to my counselor who I really adored and she was, you know, we had a great relationship and I told her that I wanted to be a lawyer and I'm from a uh, low economic neighborhood. And she was like, yeah, but maybe be more reasonable, Shalina. Maybe, you know, your dad's a teacher. Maybe don't. Yeah, maybe be reasonable. And she just broke my little heart. Right. And that's I, I felt that limit at that time. I just felt that bar over my head. But I knew in my heart that I was destined to be a lawyer. And I, you're right. I held on to that dream like it was dear life. Like I never let anything come again. I had no money. I had no scholarships, but I held on to that dream. And I think if you hold on to the dream, it will eventually come to pass. And it did. And I was a lawyer for 15 years. So wow. yeah. So be unreasonable is my, my point there. Sometimes you, sometimes you have to be unreasonable. Be unreasonable. Be unreasonable. I I love that. I actually, I had a therapist once tell me like, don't trust your thoughts, right? Because you, you know, I had a lot of postpartum anxiety Yes. and she said, my thoughts are really my worst enemy. And it's hard because we don't grow up that way, right? We grow up to like follow our intuition and our minds are so powerful, but sometimes you really do have to be unreasonable. And I love that. You do. Now, a big part of preside is talking about how we preside over our thoughts, because 
you are not your thoughts. You know, a thought might come that I'm not smart or I can't handle this baby, this life. I can't. Those are just thoughts. And just like a judge, you can strike those thoughts and you can write a new order and say, yes, I am capable. I am able. I have everything I need to do the task before me. So you absolutely can preside over your thoughts. They are just thoughts. They are not reality. That's right. That is like such a powerful thing for us to come back to and kind of talks about how you were tethered to your dream. And that's why Absolutely. like you let the thoughts come mm-hmm. and then you let the thoughts go. Exactly. That's they, what thoughts are meant to do, right? They come and they go. My grandmother has a saying and it was, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from making a nest in your hair. Meaning if you don't like the thought, stop thinking about it. You can think of something different. It doesn't have to make a nest in your hair. You don't have to continue to ruminate on that thought. Kick it out. You have the authority to kick it out of your mind. You have the authority to kick it out of your mind. And I think like that's what happens. Like a lot of uh, as mothers, we know we we mentioned in the beginning, life is not happening to you, right? It's happening. And, And in your book, you also say if you don't preside over your life, who will, right? Right. Like the voice of that counselor, for example. And we've all had one of those voices like tell us that we can't do something. Right. And it may not be because they don't believe in you or love you. Maybe they just don't want you to be disappointed. So it's not always a bad motive, but maybe they love you and they don't want you to be hurt or disappointed. But you for yourself have to decide, you know what? I hear you, but this is my dream. This is what I want and go for it. Speaking about that disappointment, you talk a lot about finding harmony between your job and your joy. And what if that job is motherhood? You know, sometimes motherhood can be exhausting like any other job. And there's things that really suck. How do you find the joy in that every day? Oh, great question. And let me say, it's not like any other job. It is I can't think of anything harder than being responsible for a life, right? And it's, you never get any time off. They don't care. You don't get any sick days. Like it is 24 seven, right? And I think the idea, if you focus on the fact that you have been chosen to shepherd this beautiful life into the world, and that is the joy, you and only you gave birth to this beautiful or or came, we have a lot of adopted babies in our family, or you came, you know, to love this, this little person. And you are, uh, you were chosen to help this person become a contributing, beautiful member of society. What an, I mean, what is greater than, what greater purpose is there than raising, than raising a beautiful human being? I, I can't think of any greater joy than that. That's like the most amazing thing. So if if you're thinking, oh, this is it, and I'm sure I'm sure there are times when it sucks, but there are times when that kid is sleeping and you look at that beautiful baby and you think, I made that, or I I was chosen to, you know, support this child and nurture this child and create, you know, create this beautiful life so they can be a contributing member of society. That's amazing. I love that you use the word chosen so many times because, like you said, we become to become mothers in all sorts of ways. Yes. And regardless of how that child came into your life, you were chosen. And I think that's what is the most important thing to come back to. It's like, again, bringing it back to that dream that you had that you Mm -hmm. were tethered to. It's like find that that purpose, like how I'm visualizing it when things get hard for me is find that purpose, that one thread that you can stay tethered to. Yeah. So 
another question I had. So you talk about a lot about how stewardship is the pathway to more and service like in your in your yeah. childhood service was the order of the day both yes. your like your dad was in the service industry right and my mom yeah and your mom oh yeah she was yep. a social worker right mm -hmm. as mothers right we we could probably identify with that a lot like we mm -hmm. are always in the service of others yes. and that is a beautiful thing but how do we not lose ourselves in that service and instead have that energize us that is so awesome because i you know as a young mother i I'm not a mom, but I, I am auntie to hundreds of little ones, right? And so what I what I find in my friends, I'm older now, but what I find found then and what I still find is that you moms try to do everything. You try to be all things to all people at all times. And you have a limited amount of energy and you have to save some of it for yourself. Think of it this way. You cannot pour from an empty cup. You have to fill yourself up in order to serve others. So if you can find a place to fill your, it doesn't even take long, five minutes, three minutes, you know, to fill yourself because you just cannot pour from an empty cup. So remember that you're still a woman, that you're still a daughter and a wife and, a, you know, you're all of these things in addition to being a mom, but you're everything else too. And sometimes you have to receive, not just give. Ooh. And that can be really tough for moms to receive. You know, yeah. I have a postpartum doula. So this is my second child. And I hired a postpartum doula this time around to help me in the house and with her. Sometimes it's hard for me to even like receive that help. Right. We do want to do it all. Yes. But remember, you know, you know, and not only can you not do it all, you don't have to. And you were created to rest some of the time. So even receive the rest, receive the nap, receive the, the treat, the cookie, the watch your own show. You have to receive just a little bit of it without feeling guilty. Yeah, I love that. And I know something that's helped me is finding joy in like little luxuries, right? Like, okay, sometimes I can't go out to the spa, right? So how can I bring a little bit of spa to me. And for me, Love it's it. making like a luxurious coffee in the morning, like a, making a nice latte. It's yeah. something that so, sounds so small, but it's such like an act of love that I give to myself that it's just such a great way to start that day. I love it because again, it's, it's like that cup self-love. If you, you know, how are you giving out love all day, but you're not loving yourself? Even if it's that beautiful cup of coffee, right? In the morning, you got to love yourself so that you can love others, right? to fill yourself up. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Right. How can you love others if you don't love yourself? Yeah. That's just, it's, it's just can't do it. so simple, but yes, it's so complicated. Yeah. So part of your message is also trying to liberate people from the doubt and disbelief in themselves. And I definitely felt all of that after listening to your TED talk, and I cannot wait to read your book. Let's take a mom who has been out of the workforce for a bit and she's having feelings of doubt and disbelief about herself, which is so common. How can she start to build back her self-esteem? Like literally, like where can she start? And I love this conversation because you have to start where you are, right? You can't start anywhere else or where you pretend to be. Be on, Make an assessment of where you really are. Be honest with yourself about where you really are. And I always say, if I want to do something I've never done before, I get a mentor or I get a coach. A coach, you can pay someone to do it. But if you can't, find someone doing what you want to do, but someone who aligns with your values, right? Someone who's doing what you want to do and have a coffee with them, have a Zoom call with them, 
have a conversation and find out what do I need to do to get myself ready to get back? There is nothing that you can dream of that you cannot do. If you can dream it, you can have it, you can do it. So find some support, find someone who's doing what you're doing and ask them what, what you can do. Always get support. I love that is actually a really good tip because I feel like it's actually like we live in such a great age where there is with the power of social media, whether there's Facebook groups, the Facebook, like people that you're connected with or Instagram, there's many ways to find people to like find those mentors. Of course, you could pay a coach, but if that's not in your budget or that's not realistic for you right now, there are many people, especially other mothers out there who want to see you succeed. Like I know for me, like nothing energizes me more when I see other moms like getting their green. Like I love seeing other moms make money like that. Right. Makes me so freaking happy or just like, not, yeah, go ahead. I was going to, and I was going to say, you know, if nothing else, you can, you can go on YouTube and find anything. Sometimes when I'm just trying to figure out, you know, I'm older. So this whole social media, I'm like, what am I doing? I went on YouTube and I, and I looked at videos. Oh, this is how this is supposed to look. Oh, this is what you do. This is the microphone you need. I didn't know. Wow. I mean, well, you did a great job because your setup looks professional. Thank you. I love it. Yes, YouTube. Exactly. Was there a time in your life where you've had to seek out mentorship? And like, did every, you that? every level that you go to, you should seek mentorship or coaching or some sort of sort, some sort of support. Why would I recreate the wheel when I can just glean from someone else's wisdom and experience? And that's what you're doing with this podcast, right? People don't have to recreate the wheel. You're here offering wisdom and support And every time I go to a new level as a lawyer, as a judge, now as an entrepreneur, I always seek a mentor and or a coach to support me so that I don't have to spin my wheels when I can just rely, you know, I can glean from other people's wisdom. I love that. And so you, so yeah, right. At every level. So it's never like. It never ends. It never. Yeah. It's not like you reach a certain level of success and all of a sudden you don't need anyone's advice anymore. It's like, it's always great to have peers. Yes. And I would say the higher you go or the new levels, the more people you need. I mean, think about the president, the the office of the president. How many advisors are there? Because it's such a big job. As a judge, I always consulted with my colleagues before doing something really big. So it may seem like the higher you get, the more independent you are. But I think the more support you need, the higher you go. The more support you need, the higher you go. That makes you feel great, though, because I feel like like we going back to, you know, it's hard to receive as mothers. Mm-hmm. Like it's we're always in service to others. But even right. if we look at the people who maybe we deem the most successful, they still need others. Like they, yes, they need others also. So we, why would moms think we have to do it all ourselves? Yeah. If if the president needs people, you know, what's the saying? If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. So that's why I love this podcast, because you're going together. You can go further together. That's one of my favorite quotes. The other my other favorite quote is a rising tide raises all ships. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because there can be a lot of, you know, comparison and jealousy in not just motherhood, of course, but because it's a motherhood podcast, we, um, you know, that's what we're speaking to. But like, how do you I guess, how have you seen how has that played a, a role in your life, like comparison and jealousy? And how have you sort of overcome that? 
Comparison is huge and it is the killer of joy. <laughs> comparison is the killer of joy. But this is how I deal with comparison. There is a concept in, in the law, it's called jurisdiction. And that means as a judge, you only think about, deal with what is in your jurisdiction. So whatever this person is doing, that is not in my jurisdiction. I do not give it time. Yeah, I'm a human. And sometimes I might go, oh man, I love her career. I love her, whatever, her life. It looks better than mine, uh, whatever it is. But then you immediately think, is this in my jurisdiction? Should I be thinking about something I cannot control? No, I'm going to focus on me and what I bring to the table. So you, it's just a matter of disciplining your mind to say, that's not in my jurisdiction. I can only deal with it. And you make yourself, you, 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 Train yourself to think only about what's in your jurisdiction. And that's your mind, your body, your spirit, your reactions. That's all you that's all you can do. That's the only thing you can deal with. Yeah, I'm speechless because it is so true. And I find that especially with social media, we do have that you know, bombardment of images of people whose lives look really great, or it seems like they're really patient with their kids all the time. Um, and that's the key. It looks like it looks like we compare, you know, our life with their glossy, completed version that they posted for us. Right. And we compare our non-edited life to their posted and polished and edited life. And it, it just it doesn't help us. Yeah. And I love how you say that the mind can be trained because I, I feel like I found in my life it absolutely can. So that's yeah. a, it's yeah, it's training it to preside over just your jurisdiction. Right. And that's like right. the theme of your book. That is the theme that if you preside over everything that God has given you, like I said, mind, body, spirit, the things that you can control, you will get exponential return. You'll get exponential and you'll never suffer lack because you are always presiding or being a good steward over what you have. You also talk about finding clues to your calling. So we talked a little bit about how, you know, moms were out of the workforce for a little bit, feelings of doubt, disbelief, or like maybe like, what do we want to do? Like, let's say we like left a career to pursue motherhood that... Mm -hmm. You know, and we want to go back into the workforce, but we don't necessarily want to go back to our old careers right. because it doesn't it's not we're just different people. We've grown. How do we find clues to our calling? I feel like sometimes I even find like I really love my career. I love what I do. I love my job. I mm -hmm. love all the things. But sometimes like, you know, I, I felt when you your pot, your uh, your podcast, you should start a podcast. But your um your TED talk, you said there's got to be more a few mm -hmm. times. There's always more. I don't care how old you get there. My mom is going to turn 80 this year and she's always learning, doing something new. There's always more. So you've got to find those clues. And, you know, what your calling is in your 20s, it may remain the same, but it may it may change, just like you said. And so I think the first thing you have to do is what do I love to do? Now, you have a job outside of the home, but then you do this because I'm imagining you do it because you love it because you do it so well, right? Thank you must you. Love yes. this. I do love it. <laughs> so what is it that you love? That's a clue. What is it that you are good at? You know, there are some things that you may be taking for granted. Like some people are really great at organizing and I'm not some, you know, um, Marie Kondo made a whole career out of just organizing things. So what are you good at? What do people tell you they that you're good at? What do you know? What do people always ask you to do? Will you come with me to pick out these? Maybe you're great with interior design or it, there's so many things, but start asking your question, yourself questions. Those are the clues. What did I love to do when I was a little kid? You know, 
I had a friend or a person that I was coaching and she was in finance, but she loved to make jingles when she was a little kid. So now here she is looking into doing jingles and voice work because she loved it as a kid, but she went into finance. So now she's thinking, huh, maybe that's a clue. So what did you love as a kid? What would you do for hours without getting paid? What would you do for hours if you could just if you could just do it? Those are the questions because those are the clues that lead you to to who you're meant to be. As a little girl, I never stopped talking. <laughs> My grandmother used to say, "You must, you're going to be a lawyer. You are because you stop." I wanted to negotiate my bedtime. I want, you know, you. and then I look back and I'm like, those were clues. I wanted everybody to have what was fair. Those are clues. So just think back to your, your childhood or what you love and you'll find your clues. Did you have siblings? I had one older sister. One older sister. Did you, okay, so you're the little sister. Did you I'm find that you were like negotiating with her as well? All like, the time. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. Because I couldn't go anywhere unless she went. And my oh. sister was very introverted and didn't like to go anywhere. Sis, if you do this, I can offer you this. What do you think about this? So I've been a, a, a negotiator, a mediator for forever. And you found that really served you when you became a lawyer. Oh my goodness. It was just like, it was like being a lawyer for me was like breathing. It, it was not, it just felt like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And that's where you want to get to, where your joy and your job are such that, yes, I love this. And even if you're not there right now, find the joy where you are. Find the, the joy where you are and it will grow. It will grow if you focus on it. Yeah. And like you said earlier, sometimes we just have to start where we are today. Yeah. And being curious like about, like, I guess th this is my actionable tip that I'm taking is like, get curious about yourself again. Like I'm going to yeah. get curious about me. I have resorted back to a lot of things I did love in childhood, like reading mm -hmm. fantasy novels. And yes. Like I love, so it's like finding those breadcrumbs of who you used to be and making the connection to the adult we are today. That's yeah. like, yeah. That's the amazing thing. And the other thing about uh, young moms or moms who want to go back, the thing that I love about this time and space in life is that you don't need permission. Like years ago, you had to have permission to write a book because if a big publishing house didn't pick you up or if you wanted to be a singer, but now you can turn on your computer and you can sing, you can write your book, you can create a podcast, you can sell your, your wares. You don't need permission from anybody to do what you want to do. We're in the age where you do what you want. You don't need permission to do anything anymore. It's amazing. I love this era. I love this era. What a good, I love it. That's, it's so true. And I yeah. think it's, it's hard sometimes to imagine that like, it is limitless. Like if you want to write a book, you can self-publish. If you want to start a podcast, which I get a lot of women that ask me, like, how do I, how do I start one? Can I start one? I'm like, yeah, you can just turn on yeah. even like the voice note on your phone and upload it. And like, you have a podcast, like it's, there you go. It's, there's a lot, you, you want to start a YouTube channel. Like you really can start. Yeah. And if you cook, you know, you can start a little cooking show. You can sell your cookies. I mean, there is no, there are no limits these days. And I love that. Another thing you talk about that I think is really applicable to motherhood is boundaries. I think you mentioned about you mentioned it, but using a different I think you used the word jurisdiction or jurisdiction. Voice. Yeah, absolutely. When I was listening, I was thinking like, how do we draw the line between service and people pleasing? 
and upholding boundaries because I, I am the type of person I also love. I love serving others. Like when you talked about serving others and uplifting the community, oh, Mm -hmm. like nothing fills my cup more than like volunteering with my church or like just get, I love to give, But, but I've also run into the challenge like other, like a lot of women and moms yep. of people pleasing and not upholding boundaries. And unfortunately, people do take advantage of that. So how do we Absolutely. draw that line? That's such a great question because service and people pleasing, the line is so very fine. But you do have to draw this boundary because remember this, whenever you say yes to something, you have to say no to something else. If you're going to spend two hours at your church or you know, feeding the, you're going to take two hours away from your, your family or yourself. And so you, whenever I think of what I'm going to do, I think of, if I say yes, what do I have to say no to? Do I have the time? And more importantly, do I have the energy to say yes to this thing? Does this thing align with my values? Because sometimes we're doing things that don't even align with us, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm asking myself these questions. Does this align with my values? Does this align with my purpose? And what do I have to say no to? And do I have the time and the energy to make this happen? And if I don't, I say no, and I don't explain it because no is a complete sentence. No or no thank you. Hey everyone, it's your host, Lena Forrestal, taking a quick break from this podcast episode to ask you to support the show. I do this show because I love it. And as a self-funded creator, your support can help me pay for things like podcast hosting and an editor. So here's how you can help. Share this episode with a mom friend, caretaker, or soon-to-be mom friend. Leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you wanted to throw me some coins, you can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash newmamaspodcast. Any little bit helps, and I appreciate your support. Finally, give me a follow on Instagram at Lena Forrestal. I love meeting my listeners, so definitely send me a DM and introduce yourself. Now, let's get back to the show. I think a lot of times as women, we have trouble saying, saying no. And a lot of that could be cultural to how we were raised Um, and, or even just societal, societal, like what was going on in society when we were little girls. My hope is that today, like I just gave birth to a little girl and, you know, I was filled with anxiety over it because I think a women, you know, we go through, it is such an honor and like a blessing to be a woman. I love being a woman. I do too. I'm glad you said that. Yes. However, it has also presented so many challenges as a young girl that I I felt my this anxiety of like, oh gosh, is my little girl going to go through the pain and the challenges I went through? I don't want that for her. And I feel like saying like learning, teaching them how to say no, and that's a complete Mm -hmm. sentence is is part of that. Yeah. Teaching them who they are and what they want. You know, little girls are often raised to worry about what other people need and what other people want. You know, when I was growing up, we had to cook and set the table and clean up while the the boys in the family got to watch football on Thanksgiving. Right. And we did all the work. And so I would say, you know, my niece now I'm like, no, if you're, if the brothers aren't doing it, then don't make her do it. Let her, uh, yeah. And let her understand who she is and what she feels and what she likes and doesn't like. And because, because you are who you are, your daughter will not have those issues. You're going to, she's going to, you're going to model for her what it looks like to serve and, and love yourself and, you know, and say no when you should, you're modeling that for her already. 
And so she's not going to have any problems. Thank you. That does make me feel that makes yeah, me so feel model better. That moms model that for your daughters. Yeah. It's so important because it is such, and I think like also teaching them that it is such a blessing to be a woman too, because like, again, like getting your, getting your period, like there are yeah. things that are not fun that women not go fun. through, but yeah. I guess like taking the opportunity, like even childbirth, like childbirth is, is I have a little sister and my sister's really you know fearful about giving birth Mm -hmm. so it's like kind of like trying to change the narrative around fear and like it is such an honor to be able to give birth it is absolutely an honor it is yeah you mentioned steve jobs in your in your ted talk too about how you cannot connect the dots looking back only looking forward and looking look you can't do it looking forward but oh. when you look back, that's when you see the clues and the dots. I see. Okay, can you okay, can you repeat the quote? Because I butchered it. Yeah. You can't you can't connect the dots looking forward. So when I in when I was in my 17-year-old self, you know, being told that I couldn't be a lawyer, I couldn't connect the dots. And also I didn't have enough dots. But as you grow older, you can look back and you can connect the dots and see, ah, that's why I took this path. That's why life is working for you, because some paths that are tough. They sometimes they just have to be that way for you to become the strong person that you are. Right. So we don't have to, you know, when you go through a hard time, it's still working for you. It's still, it's still work. Life is still working for you. The heart. And that's what it's so hard. It's so hard to remember that. And like, I know that your book has biblical messages, right? I think you, yeah, I think I saw that in the, um, the subtitle, right. It's like Mm -hmm. biblical, And I talk a lot about this with one of my friends, you know, she experienced a lot of pregnancy loss Mm -hmm. and, and how that challenges your faith and your belief systems. And it's like staying true to believing in God and believing that, like, like you just mentioned that the hard times are working for your good. Yeah. They're working for your good. Even when it's, even when it's not good, even when it's it's horrible, good. Right. Because when you look back on it, you will see some beauty in it. You know, that baby who's crying all night and just won't stop. And you're just frustrated. You don't know what to do. You know, years from now, you're going to look back on that and you're going to miss it because that little one is going to be off playing soccer and doing their own thing. Oh, man, I wish I could. You know, so I I, I would never say that it's easy, but I think to be mindful that even when it's hard, it's working for your good. Even when it's hard, it's working for your good. I feel like I need that framed. <laughs> it's, so it's so true. Good. It's yeah. so good. It's hard to remember all these it like is. really great messages when we're going through the thick of it, you know? Right. And those are the dots and the clues that once you look back, you go, oh, I see. I mean, I failed at being a judge. You know, I tried and I failed. But when I look back on it now, it was perfect. It was perfect timing for me. It was, it was what I needed. But my God, please, during during it, I was like, this is terrible. You, I didn't know. Can you, fa- you can fail at being a judge. I tried to be appointed and the governor said, no, we don't want you. So, no. oh, wow. so I had to go back to being a lawyer and everyone knew I wanted to be a judge. And so what do you do with that? Do you quit? Do you, what do you do with that? It's horrible. It's embarrassing. It's hard. Mm. It's disappointing. What do you do? Yeah. And what did you do? Like, how did you overcome that? I cried and I complained. I blamed God and I did a bunch of things. And then three months later, I picked myself up. I tried it again. And the rest is history. And you tried again. I, like that's a, yeah, you had, you had the audacity to try I again. Audacity. Yeah. I love that. And how did you overcome that fear of like rejection again? 
That's <laughs> so hard, but you know what? You power, you power through it. And this is, this is what I've learned about fear. Every single thing that I have ever wanted is on the other side of my fear. I was afraid to do the Ted talk. I was afraid to be the judge, but everything I've ever wanted is on the other side. So what I do is I, and maybe your moms can, can, can use this focus on the outcome that you want that will give you faith. But if you focus on the outcome that you don't want, like worrying about, oh, what if this doesn't work? That's worry and that that's anxiety. But if you focus, the, la- the second time I went for the judge judgeship, I was like, this is what it will look like when I am a judge. This is what it will feel like when I am a judge. This is what I will wear when I am. And so I focused on what I wanted versus what I did not want in order to calm myself down and give myself confidence because your mind is controlling whether that experience feels like excitement or whether it feels like anxiety. And it's all based on what you focus on. Yeah. Wow. And like, I can relate that to childbirth just in terms of, you know, there is a, it can, it feels like with anything, with any hard thing that you're doing, whether it's childbirth or a public speaking event or going for a job, because that could, all of that is scary. It's like your brain can take two pathways. It's either just this fear, anxiety, anticipation, or right. it's this like excitement of like, this is what it will look like, feel like. Yeah. Like, for child who chooses that? We who do. That? You do. No one can choose that for you. You must choose it. That is the presiding. You must choose to preside over your fear in that way. Yeah, you take control because, right, it's that whole, like, life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. It's happening for you. Yeah. I went into labor unexpectedly with my daughter, and I had two choices. I could either be, like, really freaked out because it was happening on a day I didn't anticipate it happening. Mm -hmm. I had nothing ready. Or that was, like, that was the initial narrative was I'm not ready. Nothing's ready. I don't have Mm -hmm. a bag. My blood pressure is high. And then it was like, I shifted that mindset. So I did a lot of mindset work and a lot of, and, and I said, no, I am ready. I am excited. I get to hold my baby sooner than I, than I anticipated. And I have everything I need. And like, I I think it was like having that Having that, um, gosh, I want to say calm. It just brought me, Uh I guess, presiding over my mind. It brought me this calm energy. Right. And that's such a beautiful example of how you preside over your mind and over the situation because you could have taken the other track. Oh, this is crazy. This is terrible. But you you chose, and we often think we don't have choices. You always have a choice on how you respond. And you can only preside over the present. You can't preside. You can't preside over the past or the future. But you can choose to make the proper decisions in the present, and that's really all you can do. And I'm taking that also. So you, I think you also mentioned people, other people. So I think this is where this is like gets really hard. Okay, when there's other people in your life. Yes. Let's say a family member or an in-law, which mm-hmm. you know can be really tough, and. They maybe they I don't want to use the word toxic, but maybe they just don't align. Their energy does not align with yours. Yeah. How how do we deal with that? Yeah. Great question. And it's harder when you live in the house with the person because it may be your spouse at the time that's not in alignment with with who True. you are. Yeah. But I think what we do is we try to manage, control the other person when all you can do is manage and control your response. So that means, okay, I am going to decide how I'm going to respond to this mother-in-law. I'm going to decide how I respond to this spouse or even this little baby who won't stop crying. I have to decide how I'm going to respond to that. 
And that is all you can do. But I will tell you this, that if you can get yourself in a place where you are confident about who you are and what you're going to respond to, people around you will get in line or they will they will have to move away. I always say, I always choose distance over disrespect, right? It's like, I'm not going to try to manage you, but I will create distance. And I might be, I'm going to go for a walk right now. I'm going to go in another room right now. Or if it's a friend, you know, and they've, you know, been not honoring my boundaries. It's like, I'm, I'm not mad and I'm not going to say we're not friends, but I'm going to choose a little bit of distance over disrespect because I have to respect me. And so maybe it's just taking a little walk or walk in another room to get yourself together so that you can remember that, remember who you are and remember that you choose and that you preside. Wow. 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 Distance over disrespect. Every time. Every I choose time. And you'll be really proud of yourself for that. Like, you know, I've had challenges with my mother-in-law. We are very different people. Mm -hmm. And I've always, I, I've had, and it's funny how life presents you the opportunity to be disrespectful Oh yeah. if you want to be. And, and sometimes it feels, I feel like it could feel it feels really good in the moment. Yeah. I feel, it would feel really good in yeah. the moment to tell this yeah. person to finally, you know, but I am really proud of myself that every single time I've chosen either distance or just respectful responses. And even though it felt like I was shortchanging myself in the moment because all I wanted to do was to say it, to say it. But in now in the future, like I look back and I'm like, good on you, future Lena, because or past Lena, because yeah. this person is not going to leave my life. Like they will right. always be in my life because we have I have my husband and children. And it's like, right. so and you don't want that. For me, it would have felt like I would feel like I would feel a lot of guilt and shame if I had responded yeah. in another way, because that's also not me. It like, wasn't in alignment with your values. No, it's who not. You want to be. So you responded and you honored your values and you honored who you are and who you want to be. That's that's exactly the right choice. Yeah, I think a lot of and I think a lot of women with partners and like it's really hard getting married. You can marry someone and it. I hate I, I like have a love hate relationship with that quote where you marry their family. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of true, though. It's very true. It's very true. And that can be really hard because you're meshing two different like you did not grow yeah. up the same different like, values, right? Everything's different, different, different purpose, different everything. But when you find that person that you can be in harmony with, maybe you're not, you know, when you're maybe you're not singing the same note, but you can be in harmony like it. My husband is a vegetarian. I am not. We oh. don't sing the same note, but we found harmony. I love that. Right? We found the harmony in it. And so instead of focusing on how we were different, we focus on, okay, but we both still eat, right? <laughs> so let's, how can we find the harmony? So any, it doesn't matter. You don't have to sing the same note, but you can find the harmony in whatever that thing is. You can't. might be harder. Some things are harder, but yeah, you can. you don't have to be the same, but there can be harmony. That's really opening. I feel like that gives us permission to be different. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Because when sometimes when you get married and you 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 take on all of his traits or he takes on all of that's not what you're you want to do. You want to create a new a new unit, right? Yeah. And so that's going to be some of his and some of yours, and you you got to find a way to find the harmony in that. Right. It's okay to be different because yeah. you, right. It's you can sing different notes, but they have to be in harmony. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, he loves documentaries. I love Marvel. I mean, I want some fantasy. My, <laughs> you know, 
want some action. I want some action. And so, but we found the harmony. You just have you you have to look for it instead of looking for uh, looking for the things that are discordant. You want to look for the things that are harmonious. So tell us about Preside. Like, how did you come to write this book, and what can we expect from it? Okay, so this book has been. I feel like this book has been in the works for so long. I feel like it is my intellectual baby. I've just been thinking about it so long. So exciting. I know it's it's so exciting. It's coming out on my birthday, February 23rd. So it's coming out on my birthday. But when I was a judge there, I can't even explain to you what it feels like to be a judge. You are in control of, you are presiding over the people, the, you're not controlling the people, but you're presiding over the tone of your courtroom by what you, you know, how you come out and how you, you know, exhibit calmness you're confident, you're in control, you're, you, you know, overruled. You're, I mean, you are like an, or you're like a conductor in an orchestra. You're watching this and that, and you're watching the, you're doing so many things. And I was sitting there in a murder trial and it was very high stakes, very serious consequences. And I had a witness on this stand and the witness was kind of boring because I don't know, he was talking about something boring. And I was just like, oh, and in my mind, I thought, look how powerful, how confident, how capable you are on this bench. And when you get off of this bench, you are letting people run over you. You are people pleasing. Your, your romantic relationship is a shambles. What, what are you doing? And in that moment, it really came to me that if I can preside and be this powerful, confident, amazing judge, why could I not do that in my personal life? And that's how it was born. And so I spent years kind of studying what judges do and how we do it and why we do it. And, and I meshed that with how I wanted to be in my life and I, and, and preside principles were born. And that is what is about is about uh, not controlling others, but presiding over you and commanding that everything in your jurisdiction do what it is supposed to be doing when it's supposed to be doing. Think about court. You can talk about anything horrendous and scary and complicated, but if you notice it's calm, it's easygoing, no one's, you know what I'm saying? It's orderly. And that's how I wanted my life to be. And that's how my life is now because I've been presiding over everything in my jurisdiction. Yeah. Wow. What a beautiful visualization because I just, again, I keep thinking about like as a mother, I'm kind of the judge of my household. And have you ever been in a room where there's chaos and then someone walks into the room and they just like everybody just starts to come down? Like, you know what I mean? Like they have that. I absolutely know what you mean. You're like, wait, I was that. Hello. I was going to (laughs) say before you come out on the bench, everyone's talking. It's chaos. And my mere presence, everyone's like. And so I try to bring that to my real life, not not out of a fear, but out of a I'm bringing calm into this room. So if you want to stay in my presence, you're going to have to get on this calm vibe with me. You're going to have to get on this with me. Right. And so I try to bring that everywhere I go, that just peace, that calmness and that, you know, that presiding. That's just what it is. Yeah. That respect. Like, I feel like when I think of you and I like visualize you coming in, I feel like people are they're calm. They feel it's again, it's not. Yeah, it's not fear. It's respect. No, It's just a respect. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times as parents, as mothers, like we want to be respected. And I think sometimes Mm -hmm. when things get chaotic, which they do, we can feel disrespected. Yeah. And yeah, it's like kind of coming. But but that doesn't have to be 
for like, just because you lose that doesn't mean you can't gain it back. It doesn't mean you can't gain it back. And I would say that if that's happening, am I respecting myself? And, you know, am I putting myself in the position where I should be that when I come into this room, you know, things are, you know, people are recognizing who I am because I've recognized who I am. Often we don't recognize the power that we, we hold ourselves. We don't even recognize it. So how can, how are, how are other people going to recognize it if we don't? Yes. Yes. Got to know your power. Yeah. And it's not a power to go out and be forceful. It's a power that is still and calm. Yeah. And it's a, it's truly what other people I feel like feel when they are around you too. Like that's, oh, it's so good because we've all been in the presence of those people and you were those people, you were that person. And that's like such a, uh, every time I'm around people like that, I'm like, oh, that is so cool. Like, how do I, how do I get a little bit of that? Yeah, that is practice it, right? You practice practice that power. You know, before I went out on the bench every day, I put my robe on and I stood up and I did my supergirl pose in the mirror before I went out to remind me, Shalina, you are presiding. You are, it's you. And so for me personally, I'm presiding as a mom, you are presiding. Remember who you are. Remember the power that you, the, I wouldn't even say call it power. I would call it authority Mm -hmm. that you have. Yeah. Right. You've been given that authority to preside over you and this little person. Yeah. Right. It's like family unit. Yeah. I remember I was going into, I love that you brought up the Superman pose or Superwoman pose because I was going into a really tough conversation with a family member and I found myself like shrinking and I had to, I literally wrote down because I was like, no, like, remember Lena, you are a 30 something year old woman you are not the little girl anymore you're not six and you're not like it it was it was presiding over that and like lifting myself up and I feel like we can apply that to any situation Yeah. yeah you have to remember we we have to as women and as moms remember who we are right and that and like you said when you when you feel even in your body you feel yourself getting little Make mm-hmm. yourself big, mm-hmm. put your hands on your shoulder, on your hips. And remember, I have the authority to preside over me. Yeah. That's my authority and how I respond and how I want people to respond to me. I can't control that. That's not my jurisdiction. I can only, res- only control me. I can only control me. I love that. That's so good. It could, it's so yeah. good. Um, We are so excited about preside that's coming out. Tell us where everyone can find your book. Uh, It's going to be on Amazon. It's going to be on christianbook.com, but it'll be out on February 23rd, which is my birthday. I'm going to be 54. Get out of here. Yes. I can't. I thought you were like straight up like 42, maybe 41. God bless you. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, it'll be out and um, it'll be available on Amazon on that date. And there is, uh, there are worksheets with it and, and workbook with it. So there's all Ooh, kinds of things book. that help you with some of these exercises and some of the things I've been talking about. Ooh, a workbook. That's pretty fun. Yeah. I love that. We I just started a, a Bible study with a, a workbook. So yeah. maybe, ooh. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> maybe. Well, I'm, I'm, there is going to be a small group for, for churches to go through this book. There's going to be a small group study to go to go along with the book. So yes, I'm creating that as we speak. I started creating it last week. Well, let's definitely keep in touch because that is, yeah, that is really great. Is there any like last sort of 
nuggets that you'd like to drop in for our audience before we wrap up? I would say that remember that if you are not presiding over your life, who is? So remember that you've got to take that seat of authority of your life and you preside. You can, you are the only one who can do it. Everyone, I will link it all in the show notes. Definitely check out Shalina's book. I know I will visit me on my Instagram. I'll also be talking about her book on her on my Instagram. I'll be giving a review, reading some excerpts aloud. Like it's just going to be really fun. So definitely check it out and follow Shalina on. Oh, gosh, I had your. Do you want to talk about um, your, your Instagram? Yeah. Yes. Uh, SVB Consulting uh, is, is my Instagram. So Instagram, Facebook, and um, I'm older. So I'm trying to remember all these things. Where am I on? Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Ooh, I'm going to follow you on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. Yeah, I love LinkedIn. And um, you can go to my website if you want more, just more information about me and information about the book. And awesome. that's uh, shalinabrown.com. Shalinabrown.com. I will link everything in the show notes, everyone. Thanks for listening and stay tuned next week for the next episode. Bye, Shalina. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the New Mamas podcast. This podcast was created to help first-time moms everywhere navigate this new stage of life and talk about the honest and the raw moments in motherhood. I'm your host, Lena Forrestal. I'm a working mom by day and a blogger, photographer, and podcaster by mid-afternoon. And as a first-time mom myself, I'm on this journey with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And if you did, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite listening platform. You can donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash newmamaspodcast. Stay in touch by following us on Instagram at newmamaspodcast and Lena Forrestal. Thanks again and stay tuned next week for the next episode. Bye.